Um, before Pastor Rigo preaches, I'm going to have us stand because Pastor Plator is going to give us a reading from Matthew chapter 16 in Albanian. Pasta Jesus e arriti në krajinën e Cezaresë së Filipit, i pyeti dishepit e vet, kushton njerëzit se ja mund, i biri njeriut. Da ta than disa gjon pak zori të tjerë Elia, të tjerë Jeremia ose një nga profetet, a ju tha atyre, po ju kushtoni se ja mund, dhe si mon pjetri duke u përgjigjur tha, ti e krishti, biri përëndis se gjau. Dhe Jesus i duke u përgjigjur u tha, i lumëtur jeti o si mon, biri Jonas, sepse këtë nuk t'as buloj as mishi as gjaku, por ati im që është një qejt. Dhe unë po të them gjithashtu se ti e pjetri, dhe mbi këtë shkëmb, unë do të nërtoj kishëm time, dhe dyer të ferit nuk do të mundin. Dhe unë do të t'jap qelsat e mbretëri si qejve, gjithka që t'jet lidhur mbi tokë, do t'jet lidhur edhe në qej. Dhe gjithka që t'kes gjithur mbi tokë, do t'jet gjithur edhe në qej. Ater i urderoj t'i shepujt e vetë që të mastoni në askujt, Se ishte Jezusi, Krishti. Amin. This is the word of God. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Rigo. And yes, I was the first Puerto Rican stallion. <laughs> However, when, when Pastor Chris first said that to me years ago, number one, I felt uncomfortable. Number two, I said to myself, there's only one stallion, and that's the Italian stallion, Rocky Balboa. You guys agree? I appreciate the sentiment, though. Okay. So, real quick, as you guys noticed, Mandy and I were away for two weeks. We were at a conference, spiritual conference. And that conference, conference, we learned the art of patience. We learned how to walk in the fruit of patience, number one. Number two, we learned how to resist sickness and disease. Okay. And number three, we were speaking to storms to be calm and still, hurricanes. The name of the conference was Disney World. <laughs> so if, seriously, if you want to learn the art of patience, like really patience, stand in line for two hours for a slinky ride at Toy Story Land. <laughs> when they promise you it will be 60 minutes and it turns to 125 minutes. Funny story. We were waiting in line at an hour in. The people in front of us are way smarter than we are. They send their five kids out to get food. And the guy was like, you know, looking at his phone, waiting. And the kids were cutting through, maneuvering with boxes of food. And they started eating in front of us. I was so jealous. I mean, I was annoyed. I'm like, the audacity, no shame. But then I looked at Mandy. I said, they're smart. Because I'm starving. Anyway. So um, if you ever get a chance to go to Disney World, pray about it first. Okay? <laughs> But we love it, though, right? Yeah, we had a fun time. My son had a fun time. All right, so let's, let's pray. Albanian team, thank you so much. That was beautiful. We welcome you. Thank you. So this morning, we're going to talk about Peter's confession and how important that is to us and to the world. Something very spe special happened here when Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? So... I want to start off with that first question here. Jesus said in verse 13, he said to them, who do men say that I am? And they responded in verse 14, 
They were saying, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Okay, why were they saying that? You have to realize when Jesus was walking the earth at that time, there was great expectation of the coming Messiah. They were awaiting him. They were awaiting his arrival. So there were actually other messiahs, false messiahs, coming out there leading rebellions, and they're getting killed off. They're claiming to be the messiah. There was an expectation that Elijah will come back and all these things. So that was the climate of Jesus' day. They were awaiting the kingdom of God, and they were looking for him. They were trying to, there was a, an atmosphere of expectation, okay? So why would they say, some say you're John the Baptist. Why would they be saying that? Well, some people were very superstitious. One of them was Herod. Now, Herod imprisoned John the Baptist because he spoke against his marriage. He married his brother Philip's wife, committed adultery, and married her. And John would speak against that. That enraged Herod, and, and he put him in prison. He eventually beheaded John the Baptist. And Herod was scared that Jesus was actually John come back from the dead and doing these things. So it was like this superstitious thing going on. And in Matthew 14, 1 through 3, it says here, At that time Herod, the Tetrarch, heard the report about Jesus. I mean, remember this. Jesus is healing the sick, casting out devils, dev, uh, devils, not devils, devils, preaching the kingdom of God, and people are hearing about this. Okay? So Herod heard it, and he says, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work at him. For Herod, Herod had laid hold of John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodus, his brother Philip's wife. So he was afraid, like, maybe Jesus has John come back from the dead. So they were saying that, oh, maybe he's John the Baptist. Number two, some were saying that he was Elijah the prophet. Anybody know who Elijah is? Elijah was an Old Testament prophet, a mighty man of God who did many miracles, and he was taken up into heaven in a whirlwind in a chariot of fire. There was a prophecy in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, that said before the coming of the Lord, Elijah will return. That was the prophecy. It was a mystery. But here's the thing, guys. Elijah obviously didn't come back. What the prophecy meant, and Jesus clarified to his disciples, is that John the Baptist will come in the anointing and power of Elijah to prepare the way of the Lord. And you may say, where, where is that in the Bible? Matthew 17, 9 through 11 says, Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes say Elijah must come first? They were saying before the Messiah comes, before the Savior comes, Elijah must come first. Why are they saying that? And Jesus said, Jesus answered them and said, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will, and will restore all things. And then he says to them, If you're able to receive it, John was Elijah to come. You see that? So it wasn't that Elijah was actually coming back. He was saying, uh, just like Elijah was a prophet proclaiming the word of the Lord, the last prophet of the Old Testament, John, will prepare the way of Jesus. So that was the wrong answer. He's not, he's not John, the prophet, um, John the Baptist. He's not Elijah. Others were saying, you know, you're Jeremiah. You're one of the prophets. 
again, there was a spiritual climate. So Jesus then turns around and he asks the, the, his guys, he says, who do you say that I am? But before we answer that question, here's the thing. What are people today saying Jesus? Who is Jesus today? What are people saying about Jesus today? Anybody? A good teacher. Anybody else? Son of God. Okay. Who is Jesus? Young people, what are, what are your friends saying Jesus is? Okay, nothing? Okay. That's good. Savior. Okay. So if you ask people generally, they'll say he's a prophet. He's a teacher. He's a good moral man. He's one of the many gods that we worship. There's some relig religions that have him in their scriptures, but they just say he's, he's a prophet. Some, some sects of Christianity, cult-like, take away his divinity and say he was just an angel. Okay? So these are what, what people are saying today about Jesus. Now, something interesting happens. He asks his disciples, and only Peter steps up. And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What does Christ mean? Christ means, it's Greek, and it means anointed one. Hebrew is Messiah. So he was saying, Jesus, you are the promised uh, king that's to come. You're the Messiah. You're the savior, okay? And then he said, you're the son of the living God. That means, he says, that speaks of his divinity. He's saying, you are God in the flesh. You are the king and you are God. And I'm sure Peter was taken aback. He's like, whoa, where did this come from? You know why? Because Jesus said to him in verse 17, <clears throat> Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to Peter. He didn't get it through his own intellect. He had no idea. As far as these guys were concerned, if he's the Messiah, they were thinking naturally. He's going to be our king. He's going to deliver us from Roman, the Roman Empire. He's going to set up the kingdom of God like David. And we're going to rule and reign. That's what they were thinking. But here's the key, guys. We cannot know that Jesus is truly the Christ unless the Father reveals it to our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And we'll get that to in a second. When I was young, I grew up as a Catholic, Catholic boy. I loved God. I knew about God. I did my sacraments, my communion. I memorized my prayers. But there was no relationship with Jesus. I did the outward things. But there wasn't a change in my heart. And one day, someone simply shared Jesus with me in this very simple way. And the lights came on, and I saw him. And when I saw him, Jesus changed my life. Okay? So what Jesus was telling Peter, this didn't come from you. It came from the Father. And what you said is true. Isn't that powerful? <clears throat> so Peter got this revelation through the Holy Spirit, who is God. The Holy Spirit is the 
is God who reveals truth. He's the revealer of truth. When we share the good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sin and that he has provided forgiveness of sins and eternal life to all who believe in him, it is the Holy Spirit that reveals that truth to us and says, yes, it's true. Now it's up to us to receive it by faith. So God's job, our job is to share the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the is the one who convicts the heart and reveals Jesus, and the person has to make a choice to receive it. But their hearts are open to it. And you may say, why, why is that? Because in our natural self, in our fallen self, we're spiritually dead. We're disconnected from God. And we need the illumination of the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts to receive the things of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 13 through 14 It says here, when we tell you these things, and the Apostle Paul is talking about spiritual things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual or natural cannot receive the truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. Before you came to the Lord or you know someone who doesn't know, these things to the Lord, when you talk to them about it, sometimes it sounds foolish to them. It did for me at, at one point. This sounds crazy. It sounds foolish just because they don't understand. There's a veil in their heart that's covering their hearts from seeing. And that veil comes away in Christ. So if you know someone that you're praying for to know Jesus, don't get frustrated. Let your prayer be God. Open up their hearts. Let them see you like I saw you. Because I tell you what, no amount of, no amount of, um, I used to bother my brothers when I first got saved. And I annoyed them. So everybody knows the story, I think, if you've been here for a while. That when I got saved, I cleared out my room of anything that was ungodly. And I went to their room and did the same thing. (laughs) He's like, what are you doing, dude? Leave my videos alone. My movies alone. And that, back then, um, I just turned 41, by the way, so when I say the story, I sound old. But back then, when I was a teenager, we had VHS. You guys ever heard of those things? <laughs> there was no streaming. I, I love seeing I, uh, my son Gabe. He's awesome. But he has no idea what a VHS, VHS is. I can't even say it anymore. Or a Blue, Blu-ray player, given that. But he gets really frustrated when we watch live television. He said, Dad, can you fast forward the commercials? And he's like, oh, you know, I missed it. Can you rewind it? I'm like, no, this is live. And we had a half an hour of, right, Gabe? Half an hour of frustration because he's like, no. And I said, you know what? When we were kids, we didn't have streaming. You can watch a whole season in five minutes of Louie, whatever you watch, your shows. We had to wait. We had to get home by Friday night, 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock to catch Full House. If we didn't. We had to wait until, the, you know, they repeat it. So anyway, it has nothing to do with Jesus. I don't even know why I even said that. But anyway. <laughs> but God, God loves us. All right. So Jesus, right, we cannot understand who he is unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to our hearts. We can't. So pray for your loved ones. And your friends, that they may see Jesus. Now, after Peter confesses this, 
Jesus says to him, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, what would Jesus build his church on? What is the rock he's going to build his church on? Can anybody call it out real quick? Say it louder. His confession, okay? That he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's how he builds the church. Is Peter the rock that he builds the church on? He uses Peter and his disciples, but what is the rock? That revelation. So when you read this verse in the Greek, when Jesus says Peter, it's the word Petros, which does mean a rock or a stone. Petros. It's, an, it's a noun. It's a pronoun. It refers to a person. He's talking to Peter. But when he says, on, on, you are Peter, and on this rock, that word rock in Greek is Petros, I'm sorry, Petra, which means a large stone. A large stone. And I love how in the scripture, Jesus is called the chief cornerstone. He's called the rock of ages. So Christianity is built on the foundation, which is Jesus and Jesus alone. Sacraments do not save you. Rituals do not save you. Even baptism does not save you or communion. What saves you is the revelation that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God. Amen. And I know that sounds hard because in our human nature, we want to do something and we want to do good to obtain salvation. But Jesus is saying, all you have to do is meet me because I did everything for you. All I'm asking you to to do is receive it by faith and receive your forgiveness and receive your salvation and receive eternal life. I'll give you my spirit. I'll give you victory. That's all I'm asking you to do. But what else do I have to do, Jesus? He says, no. I bled. I was whipped. I had the nails put in my hands. I stood up there and I died for you so that you wouldn't. All the religions of the world are saying, what can I do to appease my God? Jesus is saying, I did it for you. Amen? So who is Jesus? He's not just a prophet. He's not just a teacher. But he's God Almighty who took on flesh and died for you. Amen? Jesus is Lord So imagine the apostle Saul, right, before he became the apostle Paul. He was religious. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was persecuting the church of God. He, was, he thought he was doing God a favor. But what transformed his life? What happened on the day he was riding up to Damascus to persecute more Christians? What happened? Who did he meet on the road? Jesus. Did he meet doctrine? Did he meet religion? Did he meet tradition, creeds? Did he meet any of that? What changed his heart? Jesus. So no matter what you're going to, when you ha- going through, when you have an encounter with Jesus, He will change your life. Amen. So it's not difficult. 
the world is throwing all these things at us, you know, especially our, our kids and, and all these things. But the moment they meet Jesus, they meet reality, and he changes their hearts. Because Christianity is not about, it's not about do's and don'ts, and it takes the fun away from life. It doesn't. In fact, the Bible says in the, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. You want freedom? You want peace? You want deliverance? It's Jesus. He's the one that brings tr true joy and true peace when you meet the person. That's why it was so important when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen? All right, so where does that bring us? You and I sitting here. Some of us are believers. Some of us are Christians. Some may be exploring it. Or perhaps you're listening to this at some point in time. You're searching for the Lord. You're not sure what to make of Jesus. Here's the thing, guys. The good news is this, that God became a man to save you from your sins so you can spend eternity with him. So you don't spend eternity separated from him, but with him, he paid the price. All he's saying is, are you willing to receive that? Are you willing to surrender and say yes? Peter confessed him as Lord. He said, you are the Christ. But what's interesting at that moment in time in his ministry, afterwards, he said, don't tell anybody this yet. But when I go to the cross and I, I'm raised from the dead, then I want you to go tell everybody that I'm Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. And when you do and they believe it, you know what they're going to do? They're going to confess it. So when the Lord reveals the truth to your heart and you receive it by faith, you know how you're saved? I'm going to read it to you real quick. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, If you confess, and I apologize, these scriptures are not up there, because God gives me constant downloads, even two minutes before this sermon starts. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, you believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you know how you receive eternal life? You believe the good news in your heart. And then you confess like Peter, you are Lord. You are the Christ. And God says, that's all I need. Amen? It's already yours. The sin price is already paid. God so loved the world. He did everything for you except one thing. You receiving the free gift by faith that grace provided. That's all. You can be this horrible person. And people used to preach to you and minister to you. Nah, I don't want to hear it. You could be in your deathbed. And the Holy Spirit moves on your heart. Seconds before going away, you just utter the words, Jesus. He says, I'll take it. Because it's, it's his name uttered in faith that saves you. That's all. 
then afterwards, when you're serving, you're going to do good works because he empowers you to do good works and to live for him and to grow in the image and likeness of Christ. But that comes after the fact when he's helping you from the inside out. Salvation is a free gift, and it comes by simply confessing and believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you believe that he died on the cross, he was buried, and on the third day he rose from the dead for you. Very simply. We get so caught up of saying, how do I tell my friends about Jesus? How do I tell my community about Jesus? Just really simple. I'll never forget one time years ago I was in my job, and this gentleman asked me about my faith, and I'm sharing similar things I'm saying to now, and I'm thinking he has no idea what I'm talking about. But, I'm, you know, did Jesus did this. He's like, Rigo. And he touched his heart. He's like, those words are so beautiful. I didn't do anything. I didn't feel anything. Our job is just to simply tell and allow the Holy Spirit to minister in their hearts. Because guess what? They can walk away saying no, but that word doesn't come back void. The word of God is working in their hearts. And the Holy Spirit is faithful to bring it back up. So don't, don't get discouraged if, if Uncle Joey is still stubborn. Come this Thanksgiving, by the way. Walk in love. All right? Walk in love. Don't get into any debates. You know, Chris doesn't care. He just brings it up. What do you guys think about Jesus? And he walks out of the room. So, nah. But here, here's the thing. If it comes up and they ask you, in love and grace, be prepared to simply share what the gospel is and leave it up to God. Amen? Because it's the Holy Spirit who can reveal Jesus to your heart. And he's working. He's working behind the scenes. He's working in your family. He's working in my family. Just like he was working in my heart. There was people praying for me, I'm sure. There are going to be people around the world praying. I'm so encouraged, by the way, by the Albanian team because we're so consumed of what was happening here. But God is working everywhere. He's working in the nations. And I appreciate what you guys are doing into going, literally going out there and preaching the gospel. And living for him. I'm encouraged. I was convicted. I said, Lord, I'm not fully doing this. You want me to preach on this? Like, yes. That's how faith comes. You preach it and then you do it. I hold you more accountable. Just joking. But yeah. So, if I, I always say this. There's, I have to stop because there's a lot. So I'm going to ask the worship team, they can please come up. We're going to actually spend a moment. I'm going to ask you guys a call to action. If you guys can please stand. You know what's amazing is that there's going to come a day when this is all over that we're going to stand before the Father and before Jesus. And Jesus says in Luke 12, 8 through 9, he says, I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him, the Son of Man, will also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. The moment you receive Jesus as Lord 
and you said, Jesus, you're Lord, and you received eternal life. You know what God did in heaven? You know what Jesus did before the angels, before the Father? He called out your name. Chris, he's mine. When I said Jesus, he said, Rigo, you're mine. So in that day when we get to heaven, he's going to call you by name and confess you and say, you received me. Welcome home. Amen. So be bold in your faith. Don't be afraid to be persecuted and made be fun of. Like Jesus said, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot the soul. Amen. Have the courage to say, in this life, when it counts, that Jesus is Lord. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Did he change you? Yes. Is he Lord? Yes. And if you're here and you don't know him, I want to encourage you from your heart, simply receive him by faith and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm not perfect. I can't clean myself up. But man, I, I'll, I'll receive that offer of salvation by faith. I take it. And you know what? He'll take the rest from there. You stay plugged into our church. You learn the Bible. You grow. But he's the one that helps you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And he says, there's no mediator between God and man. No one can come between God and man except the man Jesus. Nothing else. Only Jesus. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, minister to our hearts. Minister to our loved ones right now. Minister to our loved ones right now. In the name of Jesus who don't know you. Give us the courage to share the good news. Give us the boldness and love to share what Jesus did. And let many be saved and born again by the Spirit of God. When they realize that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let that be our confession and their confession. And take a moment here now, if you're here and you haven't done so, declare him as Lord. And as we sing in a few minutes, take that moment of worship to surrender your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive eternal life. And if you do, I encourage you to tell me or Pastor Chris or one of us to share it with your friends. Let us know. We'll help you grow in your faith. And I want to encourage you as as we sing, think about at least five people, and there's more, we know that, this holiday season, five people that you can personally share your faith with. When the opportunity comes or you're led by the Spirit, just go out there, be prepared in your heart, and don't worry about what to say. You don't have to quote scripture and verse. Just share your story about Jesus and leave it in God's hands. Can we do that? Amen? Thank you. So let's worship Him as Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart and empower you in Jesus' name.